Hi everyone, welcome to Hubshots episode 105. Now in this episode, it's going to be the pre-holiday episode, Craig, where we'll talk about marketing and sales and everything HubSpot. So welcome everyone to Hubshots, the podcast for marketing managers or sales professionals who are using HubSpot or thinking of using HubSpot. How are you, Craig? I'm really well, Ian. And uh, yeah, it's towards the end of the year, only a couple of weeks, a couple of days really to go now. So I've got a bunch of resources in this episode. Uh, we've specially grouped in a whole bunch of extra resources and links for you to read at the end. We'll cover some of them in the show, but plenty to catch up on if you've got a few spare hours over the break. Now, Craig, on to shot one. Is inbound really dying? You know, this was an interesting post from Mike Lieberman from uh, Square Two Marketing over in the US. I think they're a diamond partner. And he was actually referring to a HubSpot post just about demand generation. He's kind of saying, you know, demand generation is the new term for inbound marketing in a way. But, you know, it's kind of because it's incorporating inbound plus outboundy things. And, you know, we often joke how it's okay for HubSpot to embrace something that previously was disruptive as long as we do it in an inbound Inboundy way. <laughs> You know, and this, look, it's a good post, you should read it. But this got me reflecting on stuff that we've been doing. Some of the things that we foresaw and got into early, some of the things we missed, and then kind of thinking, well, what is, you know, what are the opportunities now that we could be looking at that we um, should be pushing? Because I'll I'll just mention some of the things that I think we foresaw. But So I reckon Facebook ads for B2B. We were on that two years ago, even Correct. in the show two years ago. We were talking about it and it seems... When people were laughing at us. Yeah, people were laughing. Oh, it's not B2B, it's only B2C, right? And that's why we cleaned up for our clients, yes. right? And, we, and now, even now, I still hear agencies saying, no, we don't, it's not for B2B. And so I think we were on that early. We, You and I were both on that. Some of the things we missed, I reckon I totally missed chatbots. Yes. And it's, it's not too late, but we missed that window. And in fact, chat tools on sites we were kind of toying with it but i think we kind of i kind of missed that i don't know how you feel about that but but then thinking about well what's coming up you know what are we saying now that we should be doing where people are laughing at us now and this is kind of what i was reflecting and so we'll talk about that in a second but this post got me thinking about that and i think that's what listeners should be thinking about they should be saying well Stuff is changing. That's the great thing about marketing. And remember when we were chatting with Brian Halligan in the interview and he was kind of saying, it's a great time to be in marketing. So many new things to try. You can have so many opportunities to clean up. So yeah, it's a good post. Uh, Read that. And if you're stuck in your ways and just doing the same old stuff you're doing a couple of years ago, time to evaluate. Doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong, but possibly it is. And possibly there's new things you should be trying. On to our HubSpot marketing feature of the week, Craig. And this is the content strategy tool that's within HubSpot kind of gained more traction probably after inbound as it became better and we've, we've spoken about this before but you wanted to highlight some really key things yeah well i wanted to review this because um back in september when we recorded the pre-inbound show which by the way we only published like last week so if you heard it last week we actually recorded it a couple of months ago and so now this is a couple of months later for me saying well what have i learned since i kind of bagged it out uh, initially Well, not a lot. It's not a lot for me, but it is a lot for clients. Here's the real value of it. Because when we, we as an agency don't use it, and I don't think HubSpot have targeted agencies. This is not an agency tool. This is an end customer tool. And so we personally don't use it for keyword research and planning. But for some of it, we show our clients, we we set it up in their portals, we go the content and they get it. Because it's visually there. We kind of say, here's this keyword. Oh, look, you just click on it and you'll see here's some search volume data. Oh, and we've linked that to this page. Mm. 
that's how we've said it. It's, and when you say to them, that's content strategy, they get it. You can see it all falling together. So I think it's a great tool for end customers. And so the message to any agency people listening is, yeah, use it with your customers. Don't be like me that just kind of thought, oh, this is no good for me. That's, you know, just my own experience. That's actually great for customers. So that's what I've really learned. And I think Varun really highlighted some of these things for just walking through customers. So thanks, Varun. A big shout out to you. He's off getting married at the moment, by the he way. He is. He probably is married. He probably is by now, yeah. He's <laughs> enjoying a nice honeymoon. Well done. Well, enjoy it, Varun. All right, now on to the new form tool design, Craig. We've been playing with this for a few weeks, but it's actually very nice in the way that it's being laid out and the way it takes you through creating the form of creating dependencies and fields and really seeing what's available. And I really have embraced the change, unlike the Google AdWords new interface where I don't think many people have embraced that change. No, you're talking about uh, not the AdWords interface within HubSpot. You're talking about the actual Google AdWords, AdWords yes. interface. Yeah. Do you, whenever you go into an account, the first thing you go, top right, okay, Correct. back to old interface. Yeah, do it. There's only about one or two extensions that you need to use the new yes, interface for, exactly. and then I'm always going back to the old one. So I digress. But anyway, this new way of actually dealing with forms and seeing dependencies and actually getting them done has actually, I think, been a really very nice implementation. So I encourage people to actually go and test it out and give feedback if you can. Yeah, it's really nice the, the help you mentioned, but also the layout just brings that conformity with the rest of the the site and in particular this idea that you can save a form versus publish i really like this you can save changes but it's not actually published that's an extra step which brings it in line with you know things like lead flows and so i really like it yeah nice work all right on to shot three which is we're going to call this the hubspot gotcha of the week and this this got got me uh not long ago so we had a client and we just implemented hubspot using the collected forms feature to actually get data into HubSpot. And they sent me a message saying, oh, we've got these leads in the system that we got notified from the website. We don't see them in HubSpot. What's happening? Okay. Went on a little mission to find out. And thanks to HubSpot support, got back to me and actually said, look, if they've actually got something that blocks pop-ups or JavaScript, it will actually stop collected forms from working, which I was not aware of. And so it kind of the propensity to change the site with, to the HubSpot forms happened a lot rapidly because of this issue that we had. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So you're saying something like an ad blocker yes. could just block the collected forms from working as it should. It's really important. So just understand that when you're actually doing that and just understand if you are using the free version of HubSpot with collected forms to show value to people that you're working with, you may get that issue take place. So yeah, just be aware of it. Be interesting, whatever it is, 10 or 20% you miss yep. out on. Um, you know, speaking of HubSpot support, they fixed a gotcha for me. Yes, so, uh, tell me. So I had a little gotcha with collected forms as yes. well because we've got that. There's this gotcha, which is a collected form might have an email field. Yes. But the collected form creates a custom field for it. Yes. So what happened was the, the, it had created uh, another field called email Total exactly the same label when I saw it. So I was creating a smart list based on emails and I was, I was actually wanting to filter out a certain domain from emails. So I was saying, tell me, give me all the contacts who have emails that don't include this, right? I wanted to exclude them. And I was coming back empty. I was scratching my hand. I couldn't. So I'd pop over to the sales tool. I created a, a save filter. It worked. So I'm going, what's going on? 
Anyway, contact HubSpot support. Oh, by the way, HubSpot support, I've got a new chat support. Have you yes. tried that? Yes, I have. Oh, is, how good it's is that? Good. So I used to think their phone call support was excellent. They'll call you back in five minutes. Their chat support is even quicker. Yes. They're up there with WP Engine now, by the way, I reckon, in terms of um, responsiveness. Yes. Anyway, so again, support, uh, HubSpot, support, she, she checks, oh, I'll just check your portal, and she comes back within a minute and says, oh, yeah, here's what it is. I've created a new smart list for you with the right field. And I was, oh, of course, right? But this was the thing, because in save filters over in sales, the proper email address was coming up first, but in smart list, when I was creating, it was coming up second. It was going the wrong one. So there's a gotcha for it mm. for you if you've got collected forms in your um, portal along with normal forms. All right. Now, on to our marketing tip of the week, Craig. And this is, I think we spoke about this a bit while back, but it's we have mentioned yeah. full use about your about page. And this is from Talia Wolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, a regular reading. on the show. Yes, I love reading her stuff uh, on her blog, getuplift.co. So I'm going to point you to that, but what are the things you'd like to highlight, Craig? Well, she just highlighted four things about your About page, and we've talked about this on the show before, just make use of your About page. Uh, but she basically said, talk, make it about the customer, mm. you know, and because we all jump onto the About page to talk about us, you know, how fantastic we are. Uh, here's a photo of me. Look, I'm awesome. Um, so she said, make it about the customer, you know, a chat to them kind of uh, in a, in a personable, personable right? style. Yeah. Tell a story. So if you are going to talk about your agency, tell a story and then show it. So that's when the photos maybe come in of you. Now, it seems obvious and we've talked about it, but you know what? If you go to our agency about page, we haven't adopted it yet. So <laughs> this is just, you know why we're going to keep putting this in the show? Until so I finally it. get it. Until I finally <laughs> get it myself. So, Craig, what's your advice to people that go, oh, I don't want to put my photo on there and I don't want to tell people who I am. I just want to hide behind my company. What's your advice to them? Oh, actually, I don't know if I could give advice. Well, I'd, I'd, first of all, I'd wonder why they don't yeah. want to show. I mean, I think there's a difference between coming off as really over-promotional. Yeah. So I'd talk to them, is that the case? Do you feel like you're totally talking it up or you, you just don't want to be the centre of attention? And if that was the case, then an article like this is good because you're actually saying, well, no, make it about the customer. So what's the value you can give to the customer? Uh, they want to know how you can help them. So it's not like they don't want to know how awesome you think you are. They want to know how you can help them. So maybe that's the direction I'd go on. But uh, do you have customers in mind that actually do? Yeah, I've, I've had over time. And mm. I've actually said people deal with people. They don't deal with companies per se. And they want to know who they're talking to behind this business. Right. Yeah, I think that's right. You do want to know. And there's a credibility thing there, that's isn't right. there? Yeah. So I encourage people to do it. But like you rightly said, you know, you've got to take a step at a time. Well, speaking of marketing tips of the week, here's a great one from Workflies that you alerted me to. Correct. And I got this email from HubSpot Marketing and somebody in the marketing team has actually put a great actionable blog together about workflows and implementing lead nurturing scenarios, they called it which is essentially workflows in the system. But what I really loved about it, it kind of details 16 in there and actually gave screenshots of what needs to be done, what you need to look out for, what are the scenarios. So I thought, fantastic piece of content. And my goal is to go and take one of those and implement it in in your customer portal or in, in our own portal for stuff that we don't do. And just encouraging other people to do the same. Just pick one and implement that and see the benefit of it. I think that's a great goal. When you, you sent this to me, I was like, yeah, this is really good. It's actionable. So this is the kind of stuff you can send to marketing managers or I send around to my team. By the way, I think it's a rehash of previous 
a I think you're right because I have seen it before, but it actually said it was written yeah. in the last few days. I think it might have taken inspiration from other posts Correct. that they've done before, but yeah. the, the benefit of this one is that it's got all the new workflow That's screenshots right. and that. So very yeah. well worthwhile, yeah. So there we go. All right, Craig, we're going to talk about a HubSpot sales feature of the week, and this is about HubSpot documents. So this is one of those areas where people actually might not use a lot. You love this feature. I love this feature. And I love this feature because of the insight it gives you. So just like you see in the timeline, who is looking at what pages on your site, what the, maybe what ads they've clicked if you've got the ads add on, this gives me insight into what part of the document people are looking at, how much time they've spent on that page. If they've actually sent it on to somebody and somebody else is looking at it, they've got to put their email in. So then you can actually track what they're looking at too. So it really gives you a good idea of what is important to other people and helps you shape. So I send a lot of initial estimates through using this so people can actually see it. I also send eBooks about things that I find fascinating that might help people. So I'll just go, okay, I'm going to put the link into that. Then I actually know that they've read it. Just like they've opened the email, they've actually read the document, what pages resonated with them, because I can actually bring up and have a conversation and go, oh, well, you know, on page five, I really found this really interesting. What did you think about it? And gets the conversation happening. So let me ask you just to walk us through it. So let's say you've got a document when someone read, do you find people ever push back and go, oh, I just wanted it as an attachment, uh, but you've given me a link instead? Yeah, just once when people, I did send some, uh, like a design for a, particular thing we were doing and someone said oh it was too hard to open but that's just been one of many people that i've sent it to mm. so i haven't been too fast all right so uh, walk, walk us through what is the experience they get an email from you there's the link they click the link what how does it get presented to them it opens up in a nice clean window with your branding tells you how many pages there are and you it's like you're reading a document very nice experience. So it's like a, it's basically web browsing a document. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah nice. I, I like this idea of building up a library as well, where you could just kind of say, even to your internal team, yes. you could say, oh, here's, here's part of onboarding. You know, here's a workflow, which we send to new staff. Here's the links to the document all hosted on HubSpot. You exactly. Could, yeah. It's always there. Let me ask you this. And actually the blog post that you, we've linked to covers this, but yeah. How do you update documents can you update a document so they've got the link and you could actually update a new version yep upload a new version and that will work nice feature there yeah so it is definitely i'd definitely encourage you to look at it and if you want to fully utilize it pay for the sales start out the sales pro to actually utilize those features but definite help to people all right on to our opinion of the week craig and this is a maker versus a manager and this is from the Farnham Street blog. I love this blog. Yeah, and so this is uh, maker, which is kind of like creator versus manager, which is kind of organizer, gets it done. It's a nice post. It's a long, detailed post, and it brings actually references Gary Vaynerchuk and you know Elon Musk and a whole bunch of people on how they structure their days. It's this idea of are you a, a maker, which is kind of more deep work, um, intense over a longer period of time versus a manager which is quickly switching between tasks getting stuff done perhaps reactive perhaps putting fires out all that kind of stuff whereas a maker is more creative the reason we're recommending it uh to listeners is because i think over the holiday period this is a time to look back i kind of i know when i started this year i kind of had thoughts about i wanted to be more of a maker and it turns out i'm more of a manager and there's like this internal conflict and so what I'm really going to think about is what's a realistic balance because you, you, 
you can't really just be one. You're kind of a blend depending on your situation you're in. And just thinking through that, like, what's realistic for you? And I think as a lot of our audience is marketing managers, they're probably, well, the title gives it away, they're managers. And so often as marketing managers, we want to be creators and being, you know, deep work doing stuff. Is that actually realistic? And so as a listener to this show, think about actually how realistic is it that you're going to be able to create meaningful stuff versus managing its production. And we've spoken about deep work before on the show. And I was just flicking through the content. And I love this quote from Seth Godin in, in talks about in the dip. He says, a woodpecker can tap 20 times on a thousand trees and get nowhere, but stay busy. Or he can tap 20,000 times on one tree and get dinner. I thought that really resonated with me. That's about focus, isn't it? <laughs> it certainly is. And so, and then straight after that um, quote says, the value of defining your schedule. So I encourage you, it's not actually, it's a really good post. It's not very long. I'd actually encourage you to put that on your Christmas reading list and actually read it, yeah. read, read it meditate on it, write some takeaways and go and implement something. Yeah, and if you're an Elon Musk fan, check yes. out the section on him where it talks about how he structures his time because he's both a manager and a maker. So yes. probably, uh, yeah, a classic example of that today. All right. As we near the end, the podcast of the week, Craig. Look, I'm a, I'm a bit sad about this. So I love this old marketing podcast with Robert Rose and Joe Polizzi. Tell me, why do you love this podcast? Look, it's two really smart guys chatting through marketing strategy through a lens of enormous experience. And I feel, you know, I quite often feel like a fraud doing this podcast. I feel like I don't have that much experience. I've had a few wins here and there, right? I don't feel, you know, um, like I'm in a position to give advice. I'll help where I can. But these guys have done massive campaigns and achieved amazing results. And, of course, Joe has built Content Marketing yeah. Institute from nothing in the space of a couple of years to, you know, the world leader in, you know, in conference and all that. And so I have a lot of respect for their expertise and they're both, very humble. They're always learning. I like how Brian Halligan says, um, I like learn it alls. You know, they're very much like this. And so this was their podcast. They've got up to episode 211. That's their final. And that, that was just this week as we record this uh, yeah. episode. And uh, that, they called it Last Waltz. That was kind of them signing off. And it's very poignant. And it's kind of looking how the end is, it's not, it's, it was time, you know, and Joe's got, you know, a whole bunch of personal um, circumstances. He sold his companies, you know, doesn't have to work again, but he's after a new endeavor. So he has that opportunity. And this gives Robert uh, Rose other opportunities. Uh, so it was kind of sad for me because I feel like I've been listening to them for mm. however many, a couple of years, and they've greatly informed a lot of the things we've done and had, well, you know, moderate success with. Yeah. So I'm sad, but also looking forward to what they do in the future. Yeah. That's right. Don't be afraid to cut things. All right, onto our resource of the week, Craig. I'm going to highlight one that I like, the backlinko.com. So this is SEO this year, and it's from Brian Dean. Always really good content. I encourage you, if you're into SEO, to actually have a look at that, read that, the year in review for SEO. You know what was funny about Brian Dean, right? Because yeah. I think he's fantastic. Yes. But I, I, he is, I was late to the party with Brian Dean. Right. right? <laughs> um, so I sent this link around to our team and, uh, you know, in the agency. I was like, oh, you got to read this. This is awesome. So I was like, oh, you know, I put you onto this guy a couple of years ago. <laughs> I'm like, really? Oh, 
And she said, yeah, you didn't like him then. I was like, oh, really? And she pulled out the email. I was going, oh, yeah. I had basically said no. You <laughs> called him a turkey, let me guess. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I called him a turkey. I was just like, oh, you know, whatever. It just shows how little I know, right? Anyway, I just reflect on I should reflect on that bit of personal reflection. But, was, but I guess my, I mean, my only redeeming feature is I recognise my mistakes, right, because it's awesome. He's yeah. awesome. And uh, glad, um, glad I've actually found him again, yeah. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. All right. Do you want to highlight the other one, Craig? Well, Hobo Webb. Yeah, Hobo Webb, who we often refer to because uh, he's fantastic, Sean Anderson there in the UK, how to do keyword research, sent this around to the team as well because he, he's just got such good content. I think there's about three keyword research articles at the moment. One is Hobo Webb, one yep. is Ahrefs. Tim put a post together yes. there a little while ago. And then Moz have done some really good content research posts lately. And really that's all you need to know. You cover this and you're, you know, 80% there. It's great. Now, Craig, on to our final quote of the week. And this is from Winston Churchill. It says, Christmas is a season not only for rejoicing, but for reflection. I thought you'd appreciate that. I did. Thank you for choosing that. Well done. And Craig, before we finish today, I have one final nugget for you. Yes. Tell us. This is in the HubSpot timeline in the CRM and in marketing. Been showing some of our customers with the ads add-on and actually seeing the ads in the timeline and actually seeing what people are clicking on, where they originated from, what keywords they typed in, what ads got executed, and their journey through that has been totally mind-blowing for people in the sales position to understand what is this person really doing and what's been their journey. Because one of the things we actually discovered is that people don't just click on one ad sometimes, they will click on multiple ads on different networks, on different search networks to actually get before they inquire. And understanding that can make a massive difference to your conversation with them. This is a fantastic tip, right? And so can I just summarize? I'll just repeat back what you said, right, in my own words, yes. just so that listeners, you know, I, I think when you were mentioning this to me earlier, today, I was like, yeah, that's really, really important because what you're saying is the ads add-on brings in AdWords and Facebook ad clicks into the timeline, okay? Now, if you didn't have the ads add-on, you wouldn't get that full visibility. But you can go through customers and, you know, this is a trap we fall into. We try and have general reporting across all our, you know, got 100 customers, let's try and work out. No, no, if you just pick five customers and actually check their individual timelines, you'll get a massive uh, insight into their behavior. And what you were highlighting is, yeah, you took the time to go through and you saw the timeline. Here they came in on this keyword in AdWords and then they came in on this display ad and then they came back from Facebook and then a whole bunch of, you know, they're visiting pages and then there was another AdWords ad that they came back before they converted. Okay. And suddenly HubSpot, because they were anonymous up until then, pulled it all together and showed that in the timeline to give that full picture and yep. the insight is amazing. So, yeah. Thanks for that. That was a great tip. Yeah. So I encourage you, if you are spending money on advertising and you're using HubSpot and you don't have the ads add-on, I would encourage you to invest in that because it can make a massive difference to your return on investment. And Craig, until 106, I shall see you next time. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.